Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said if two of you will agree. So, Father, we come into agreement and ask for utterance. We ask for revelation. We ask for the eyes of our hearts to be flooded with light, our spirits to be strengthened. Speak to us through the book. Speak to us by your spirit on this all-important subject. And we give you praise, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And amen. Joel chapter 3 and verse 14 says this. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I want to speak to you on the subject decisions, decisions, decisions. The Holy Spirit helps us to get it right. He helps us to make the right decisions, not once in a while, but at all times. Now, some of us have made some bad decisions in the past, and that's under the blood. Today's a new day. And he will help you to make the right decisions. We're always making them on a daily basis. Decisions. Do I marry this person or do I not? Do I take this job or do I not? Do I invest in this or do I not? Should I take this way or should I take that way? Should I go 101, 680 or 880? Decisions. Do I vote or do I not vote? I have the answer for you. The answer is yes, you do. As an American citizen, you should be voting. Amen. The last Monday night, I went and saw the San Francisco Giants and the Chicago Cubs. They played 13 innings. They started at 6.30 at night, and I got home at quarter to two in the morning. <laughs> but let me tell you a little story about my journey home. I took Bart over there. And it was getting very late. And so I took uh, Bart Embarcadero to Bayfair. And to get to Union City that time of day, you've got to get off on Bayfair and you've got to transfer to go to Union City or Fremont. And if you're familiar with Bart, you know that's true. So I got off the uh, train in uh, Bayfair and I went to the wrong platform. And I could have gotten on that train and ended up in Pleasanton. Whatever platform you choose is where you will end up. So be very prayerful and be very cautious about which platform you choose. The platform is more important than the person. To be quite frank with you, I wish we had some other choices. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, I didn't get on the Pleasanton train. I got on the Fremont train. It was the last train of the night. When I got to Union City, Pastor Tom... They were closing the gates. And I didn't have any juice left in my phone. 
So I couldn't even call Uber, Uber, Uber. <laughs> but thank God he's gracious. Do I invest? Do I take this job? Decisions determine destiny. Decisions determine direction. And direction determines your destiny. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, He put you in the right direction. And if you will stay on that right direction and path for your life, guess what? You'll end up in a destination called heaven. Now, if that works for the greatest decision you have ever made in your life, that works for lesser decisions. So principle number one in making the right godly types of decisions is this. Have faith in God and in His Word that He will direct you. Have faith in Him that He's going to direct you. A few scriptures. Turn with me to Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will, strongest assertion in the English language, I'm going to instruct you and I'm going to teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. Log that in your spirit. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Psalm 73, 24 says, thou shalt guide me with thy counsel. And afterward, he will receive me into glory. Did he not tell us that he would direct us? Now, let's accept that. And let's believe that. Faith does not say, I can't hear from God. Faith does not say, I'm afraid that I'll make the wrong decision. But here's what faith says. Faith says that the spirit of truth abides in me. And he teaches me all things. And he leads me and he guides me into all the truth. Therefore, I confess I have perfect knowledge and wisdom as I come, again, come up uh, to these decisions in my life. Faith says this, that Jesus is my wisdom. Faith says this, I am the sheep. He is the shepherd and the voice of the good shepherd. I always follow and the voice of a stranger I will never yield to. He's the good shepherd. You are his sheep. He is committed to his sheep. And how many of you know that the shepherd is a whole lot smarter than the sheep? And I don't mean to demean sheep at all, but sheep, quite frankly, are not all that smart. That's true in the natural. How many of you know we need a shepherd? We need someone to go before us. We need, and thank God we've got somebody. Certainly, I do follow the good shepherd. And the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. That's what faith says. Faith says I'm filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. What is this doing? What are you doing when you're saying what he said? You're simply agreeing with him. You're opening up your heart to the implanted word and that word will direct you and the Holy Spirit will guide you. Never confess ignorance. Never confess, I just don't know what in the world I'm going to do. Always say, I'll make the right decision at the right time. And if your head starts talking to you and it surely will, 
You tell your head, shut up, head, I'm being led. Look at John 16 and verse 13. Decisions, decisions, decisions. John 16, 13 says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He will guide you into all the truth for your life. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Is God speaking? Are we listening? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. But whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. The Amplified says this, He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you things that are to come that will happen in your future. So get in faith and be in faith. He's speaking to me today. Now the second part of this, in addition to believing God, how many of you know we just need to ask? We need to ask for directions. Any of you guys ever been lost out there on the highway of life? Anybody been lost on a certain city you went to and you weren't quite sure to go to? Well, that's when you call Siri. And Siri, spiritually, is spirit inside revealing information. That's when you look to your GPS, God's positioning system. And here's what the Lord says. He says, the reason... Why you don't have is because you don't ask. Asking is part of the protocol for receiving from your good, good father. He said, whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name, I'm going to give it to you. And does that not include direction? If I need direction, I'm going to stop. I'm going to look, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to ask my Heavenly Father exactly what He wants me to do. So it is proper protocol to go before the Father and just ask. Now look with me to James chapter 1. We do want to look at this verse of Scripture. James the first chapter, and notice with me in verse 5 and in verse 6. Anybody ever need a little wisdom in life? Amen. Amen. We could all use a little wisdom, a lot of wisdom. Now notice with me. He said, if any of you lack wisdom or if any of you are deficient in wisdom. Okay, you're making a decision and you're just not sure exactly what to do. If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Let him ask of God. That gives to all men liberally. In other words, he's not withholding this wisdom. This wisdom is included in that cascade of life and light that hovers over us from the very throne of grace. It's flowing freely from the throne to you. Hallelujah. There's answers for you in the presence of God. Now notice. That gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. And it shall be given him. Now here's verse 6. I saw this. I got a glimpse of this in the last service. I want to share it with you. 
And let him ask how? It doesn't say let him ask in panic. It doesn't say let him ask in fear. But it says let him or her ask in faith. Now what would it look like for me or you to ask in panic? Oh God. Oh Lord. I just, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I've got this bad report and debt is just all over the place and my kids are rebelling and it seems like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. What am I going to do? I ask you for help. Now I do understand that the mercy of God will answer you when you cry out for help. But for those of us that have been around for a while and know better, we should not be asking out of a spirit of fear. We should be asking out of a spirit of faith. Because it is not fear that gives you the victory. It is faith that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you do things right, you will get things right. Let them ask in faith. That nothing wavering. In other words, not one day up, not one way down, day down, next day almost level to the ground. Let them ask in faith. Read the rest with me. Go ahead. Nothing wavering. In other words, back and forth, up and down. That's not faith. That's panic. Moved by the circumstance. One day we're in the Word. Next day, oh God, what do we do? Next verse. Verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And the next verse says, a double-minded man is what? Fear and panic will always cause you to consider the wrong thing. Fear and panic does not receive. Faith and peace always receives. So simply ask. Go to the throne of grace and ask for the direction that you need. I want to pray a prayer with you right now. Put your hand over your midsection and pray this with me. Even close your eyes. Let's pray this sincerely. Lord, order my steps today. I pray. Direct my thoughts and the words I say. Establish my goings that my feet go not astray. That I may please you in all things. Always. That'd be a good prayer to pray every day. And when you ask for direction, then maintain a spirit of faith and expectancy. When you and I remain in expectation, we position ourselves to receive from the Lord. Expect to hear from Him Every day. And I dare say that we've got 66 books of God speaking directly to us. The number one way that we will hear from Him is we'll hear from Him through the Word of God. 
So do not avoid the word, but let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Attend to it, listen to it, hear it, read it, meditate it, and he will speak to you through the word of God and the spirit of God will take hold of what you're hearing and he will speak to you and he will lead you and guide you into the right places for your life. Amen. Oh, it's good news, guys. Well, I'm just waiting to hear from God. Open the Bible. Hallelujah. Now quickly turn to Proverbs chapter 3. You listen so good, this might not even take 45 minutes. But don't get too excited. Proverbs the third chapter. Say thank God for the word. Say thank God for the Holy Ghost. Declare this, the Holy Ghost lives in me. I'm becoming more God-inside-minded every day. For Christ lives in me, and He is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Now notice in Proverbs chapter 3, great verse of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, notice, it says, Trust in the Lord, where? So it's saying, have faith in Him with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's where the greatest leadings of God come to. They come to your heart. They don't come to your head. They come to your heart. So He differentiates between your head and your heart. You are not a head. You have a head. Amen? You are not a mind. You are not a will. You are not an emotion. You have a mind. You are not a body. You have a body. Without one, you ain't going to make it very far in this life. But you are a spirit. Created in the image and likeness of God. And the Father of spirits leads us and guides us and communicates to us through His Spirit to our spirit. And there's a big difference between living out of here and living out of here. If I lived out of here 24-7, I'd make a a lot of stupid choices. I'd say a lot of dumb things. I'd do a lot of stupid things. But oh, thank God, He's given us His Holy Spirit and put us in our spirit. Glory to God, that we may freely know the things that belong to us of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. You could just say it like this. Don't lean to your head. But if you're going to lean, God says, lean on me. Bill Withers said it too, but God said it first. God said, lean on me. When you don't know what to do, lean on me. You just call on me, brother. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Now notice this next part. Verse 6. Read it with me. In all thy ways. Acknowledge him. Oh come on. Come on. Come on. What's going to happen when you acknowledge him? What's going to happen when you put him first? 
What's going to happen when you put them at the top of every decision and not at the bottom when you've talked about it and analyzed and categorized and been through the foul tablets of intellectualism? What's going to happen when you acknowledge him first? He's, he's going to direct your path. You can count on that. Oh, look at Jim and say, he's directing my paths today. Ooh, hallelujah. Now, we can ignore him if we want to, but we're not smart if we do. Give him full place. Invite him to guide you all the time. Acknowledge that he knows more than you do. Just acknowledge it. Own it, baby. Yeah, but I have a master's. I have a B.A. Who gave you the brains to get that? Well, I can just figure this out on my own. How's that working for you, Dr. Phil says? The truth of the matter is not working for any of us. That's why we desperately need him and we have him. God never designed you to be led externally. But he designed us to be led internally. If we're led externally, we'll end up being like Gideon, putting fleeces out. Well, if that car drives by my house at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'll know it's the will of God for me to get up to church in the morning. But if it doesn't drive by by 3 a.m., I'm staying in bed. Now, you already know what to do. You already know what to do. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Well, you know, if this person comes up and says good morning to me, I'll know that I should ask her out on a date. Come on now. Come on now. We're not to be externally led. We're not to be putting fleeces out. We're to be led, come on somebody, by the Spirit of the living God. Now, here's what's going to happen. He said he'll direct your paths. But when you are truly led of him, he will take you out of some places and bring you into some good places. We, we, we have been around one another long enough to know that God is good. Say with me, God's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. We could start looping on that all day and have ourselves a blast. If you're going to loop, loop on that. He's good. So if we're really living for him and acknowledging him, it stands to reason that if we're sick, he'll give us the wisdom. He'll give us the resources. He'll give us the tools. He'll give us his word to bring us out of sickness into a place of health. I mean, even if disease is flowing through your veins right now, if there's disease in your body, I'm telling you what, we have a great physician. His name is Jehovah Rapha. He's not the Lord that did heal thee. He is the Lord that heals thee today. Amen. And if you've got bills screaming at you all day and all night long, it stands to reason that your good, good father can take you out of debt and bring you into your wealthy place. 
And another one I hit on this morning, and I'll hit on it again. Listen, he can take you right out of a hopeless situation. Right out of disappointment. Anybody ever just been disappointed before? Now, it's one thing to, to have been disappointed, but it's another thing to have stayed in a disappointing state. Amen? We all face disappointments, but I believe the Spirit of the Lord will rise up on the inside of us and help us to recover out of disappointment and breathe His hope. Come on now. Breathe His hope back into our lives. To where all of a sudden, yeah, that happened, but that's yesterday. That's history. Today's a new day. My hope is in God. He is the health of my countenance. He is filling me and causing me to bubble over with a great expectancy. My day of disoppression, my day of disappointment is over with. Because I serve a God of hope. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice and say, God of hope. Thank you for filling me. And renewing me. And restoring me. Hallelujah. See, hope that is put off, hope that is inferred, will cause your heart to sink, will cause your heart to stoop. But all hope that's stirred up. Hope that's stirred up through the scriptures. Hope that's stirred up through vision. That kind of hope will rise, rise up and it will put you over the top. He'll lead you right out of those things. He'll lead you out of a fruitless life into a fruitful life. He'll lead your marriage out of divorce court into healing court. Hallelujah. I know Pastor Tom did a great job a couple of weeks ago talking about the presence of God. But here's what Moses said. Moses told the Lord, now look it. If your presence is not with me, I'm not going. If your presence isn't on me, I'm not going. One translation says this. If your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. Don't be too proud to call the trip off, even though you may have already bought the ticket. Years ago, Patsy Caminiti and her husband, Tony, had tickets to a beautiful resort in a foreign country and in a foreign land. And Tony began to get very uneasy in his spirit. What is that uneasiness? That's a witness of the spirit that something's not right. He had no idea. The girls were little. Patsy was ready to go. But he called the trip off. Why? Because he just knew something wasn't right. Of course, they were disappointed. But not nearly as disappointed they would have been if they would have been in the tsunami in that country they were heading. You see, we serve a Redeemer. And He redeems our lives from destruction. And He will do that by the power and by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Say it with me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Turn me to Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and verse 16. Man, we're making good progress today. Romans the 8th chapter, the 14th verse says this. For as many as are led by opportunities, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by money, they are the sons of God. For as many as are head led. No. For as many as are what? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the mature sons of the living God. And notice with me in verse 16, it says this. 
the Spirit itself, or literally the Spirit Himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, we've made such great progress in this service already. But understand this, that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you to witness to you and to give you a sense of knowing on the inside of what you're to do and what you're not to do. The Holy Spirit has inside information. And He's on the inside of you. And I think one of the best ways to describe this witness of the Holy Spirit is to talk about how um, the green light and the red light and the yellow light operate in the natural realm. Now, Brenda and I, we drive down Hesperian Boulevard from Union City on Wednesday nights and on office days. We drive down Hesperian Boulevard, and sometimes I get really frustrated because just as I get to the light, it goes yellow. And then it goes red. And then I get going again, and then all of a sudden it's red again. And I'm going a while, a while, a while, it's red again. And what would normally take us about 13 minutes takes us 20 minutes. Well, in the realm of the Spirit, decision-making is often like this system. When you have a green light in traffic, what does that mean? It means go. That is the witness of the Spirit. When you are praying and you are asking God for direction... And you go before him and say, now, Lord, I, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm, I, I'm praying about this. Is that something that you want me to do? Is that something that you're leading me to do? And on the inside of you, you just get that witness. It's kind of like, the best way I know how to describe it, it's like a velvety-like feeling in your heart. It's not a feeling, but it's something on the inside where you just know that you know, that you know in your knower, it's the right thing to do. And then, of course, you might be praying about something, and all of a sudden you come up against this red light. What is that red light in the natural? The red light means what? And so a red light, or what we call a check in your spirit, it's a witness of the spirit giving you information not to do that. Not to go that way. This isn't right. And then what does the yellow light stand for? The yellow light says proceed with caution. How many have ever gotten into a situation in life where you just kind of sense you knew what to do, but you felt like it's not the right time to do it? And I believe what the Lord is saying in those seasons of our life is, it's me, it's good, it's God, but it's not the right timing. So in those situations, what I do oftentimes, when I, when I come to a yellow light, I like to stop. Why? Because I know other people are going the other way. And just a little piece of advice for you in the natural realm. When you're at a stoplight and it turns green, wait a couple seconds. I said wait a couple seconds. It doesn't take a lot of time to wait on the Lord. Come on, somebody. It doesn't take a lot of time just to check in your heart again and look for a confirmation because you never know who might be going through that other light. How many of you know that every person's in a hurry in the Bay Area? Don't be one of those people. Take time to wait on the Lord. Get in your spirit the right direction and go with it with all your heart. 
How many of you have ever had a check in your spirit before? You just knew it wasn't right. How many of you have ever had just that, that green light? That's good. That's God. You know, I've had people come up to us over the years. We've been pastoring here almost 35 years. And they said, you know, when we walked in the sanctuary, we knew that we knew that this was the right place to be. How can you know the right church to go to? As many as are led. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. So follow this inward witness. Follow the Holy Spirit who lives in you. I like what Dad Hagen said in Proverbs 20, verse 27. Let's look over there. Proverbs chapter 20. So this bearing witness with your spirit, that's just, it's a knowing on the inside of you. If you don't have it, don't move. Amen? Don't move. Just hold steady. Notice in Proverbs 20, verse 27, let's read it together. It says this, The spirit of man... The Spirit of who? Notice it doesn't say the Spirit of God. It says the Spirit of man. God will enlighten, God will lead us in our spirit by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now that word candle is a little bit blind to us. That word candle, one translation says, the Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Dad Hagen in his book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, and I advise every one of you to read it and read it and read it and read it. It's a great book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. But he says in his book, How to Be Led, he says that, he says, in modern day vernacular, you could say it this way, the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. The light bulb of the Lord. In other words, he will enlighten your darkness. He will make clear to you the direction you should go. He will make clear, very, very clear, crystal clear what you're to do. And when he does, you're heading on the right path and your destination is going to be awesome. Awesome. In closing this morning, I want to just share just some ways that you and I can gain better hearing so that we can make good and godly decisions. So if you're taking notes, this is not going to take very long, but if you're taking notes, number one, to make a good and godly decision, learn to train your hearing by practicing the presence of God. Practice the presence of God. We did that this morning in this service. You can do that this afternoon in your home. You can do that on Monday morning. What do you mean, practice the presence of God? What I mean is this. Spend time talking to God just like you would a good friend. Open, heart to heart, open conversation. Amen? And then fellowship with Him when you're alone. And meditate on the promises of God. You'll discover this, that God's word will always echo his voice. And when you get into the word and you spend time in his presence, out of his presence come answers. Look at your neighbor and say, out of his presence comes answers for me. Number two, pray in the spirit and pray without ceasing. Pray in the spirit. 
When you pray in the Spirit, you are literally praying the will of God. When you're praying in the Spirit, it bypasses selfishness, it bypasses your natural understanding, and you are praying in communion with the Holy Spirit, and you are praying the very perfect will of God for your life. Oh, that's good news. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, that's great, that's honest, that's wonderful, but I don't pray in the Spirit. Okay, don't worry about that. What you want to do is you want to practice the presence of God by worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. And every one of us in this auditorium can do that. You can get some good music. You can fill your home. You can fill your car. You can fill your, key, your ears with good worship music. And here's what you're going to discover. That God inhabits the praises and the worship of His people. What happens is he settles down and he dwells in right in the midst of a home, of a car, of a place where people are serious about praise and worship. Hallelujah. And from the very throne room of grace come answers. When he inhabits the praises of his people, he just doesn't come down to sit around. He comes down to make himself real in your life. He comes down to give you some revelation. He comes down to give you some answers. Amen. And thirdly, tune, balance, and confirm what you hear with the teaching of Scripture. God is not going to speak to you outside of his written word. The Holy Spirit may speak to you, but you will discover that the Holy Spirit and the Word are always in. They're always in line. They're always in agreement. Oh, hallelujah. And then number four. And I want you to look at Colossians chapter four. Uh, Colossians chapter uh, three and verse 15. I got seven minutes left. You guys are doing so good. I may be done before 45 minutes. You getting anything today? Hallelujah. Understanding is so important. Now, this next point, how that we may gain better hearing, how that we may make right decisions, is always wait for the peace of God to rule in your spirit just like an umpire. Amen? We talked about the red light, the green light, the yellow light. But notice this one. And let the peace from Christ rule. Act as an umpire, how often? Continually. Continually in your hearts. Now, what does this do? It decides and settles with finality all questions that arise where? Anybody ever had any questions that arose in your minds? What do you let decide with all finality that decision? You let The peace of God rule. Just like an umpire. Now what does an umpire do? Can anyone tell me what an umpire does? Umpire stands behind the catcher and he says, Strike one. And then if it's a ball, it goes, ball. And then if someone is stealing from first base to second base, and I'm not going to slide. But they're, they're running with everything they got. And sometimes they go in head first. Sometimes they go in feet first. And the umpire is looking. And he needs to determine. What does this mean? 
or he needs to go The peace of God on the inside of you is like an empire, umpire. And he will decide whether it's safe for you or whether it's out and whether it's something you must not do. Come on, somebody. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Just, you know, life would be so much better if you followed after peace. Peace in your heart and decisions, but how about peace with other people? have to be in agreement with everyone to love them you don't have to be in agreement and harmony with everyone to have peace and a peaceful relationship i mean husbands and wives you ought to figure that out by now let the peace of god let peace rule in your heart and in your mind well somebody says pastor mark i i don't have peace then don't go for it. Don't do it. Yeah, but I've already said I would. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. I've already made this decision. Just humble yourself. And say, you know what? I'm sorry, but I just can't override my heart. See, who would you rather please? Would you rather please God or would you rather please man? I would much rather please God than man. Now, you'll discover this. If you live your life to please God, you'll find that a lot of men and women will be at peace with you. And even your enemies he will cause to be at peace with you. I mean, these little statements are a sermon in themselves. I'm going to live at peace. And you know what? I'm not going to turn my back on my harvest. I'm not going to turn my back on Muslim people that are seeking Jesus. I'm not going to turn my back on the homosexual, homosexual community that is authentically wanting the right answers for their lives, which is Jesus and ultimately complete and total freedom and deliverance. Amen? We've got to seek peace and ensue it. Amen. And then... The next one is this. Seek godly counsel. I don't always do this. I don't always talk to other trustworthy, mature Christians about a matter because I, I, I have assurance in my spirit. But there's times where I need that. How many of you know we need one another? We need to seek counsel. In the multitude of counselors, many counselors, there is what? Safety. Safety. There's that word safe again. Sometimes a counselor will serve as an umpire. And they say, well, you have this or you don't have it. Well, I'm, I'm just not sure. You cannot tell people what to do and what not to do, but you can give them godly counsel. And you can give them guardrails as they're making their decisions. Amen? I never tell a person what to do or what not to do. I'm very careful not to. But I can give them the word. I said we can give them the word. And we can pray with them. And I believe that some way, somehow, through the word and through prayer, they'll just know in their heart and they'll be able to ascertain the right way for them. Can you say amen? Amen. And then last but not least, once you know the will of God, don't confer with flesh and blood any longer. Do your job at all costs and boldly obey God 
And don't let anything or anyone stop you. Here's what disobedience does. Disobedience can cause us to have a hardened heart. And if our hearts grow cold and hard, we'll have a difficult time hearing God's voice. So when you, when you hear from the Lord, obey it in a timely manner. Do it and do it now. Everyone say, I choose life. I choose to obey. I choose the word of the Lord. Every day. Lead me and guide me today, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, did you get anything today? I mean, anything. Did you get something today? Oh, hallelujah.